This is The Art of Warcast, a podcast about card games and board games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Mist Spirits and Cuddly Monkeys. All right, welcome. I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm Carl Anderton. I'm Doug Keister. What are we up to today, Carl? As usual, we'll go over the news regarding the rivals, Ashes, Keyforge, etc. Seems like the number of games we're covering is increasing. Yeah. Anyway, then we'll dive into a bit of a meaty topic, longevity of competitive, customizable card games, and our expectation of their longevity. Yeah. This is all sounding fantastically dry. Welcome to question time, <laughs> apparently. No, like, you know, between the between our recordings, you, the three of us see each other fairly regularly, and so we keep <laughs> thinking about, okay, oh, what should we talk about this on the podcast? Should we talk well, about this? Now that we're not, now that it's kind of open world for us mm-hmm. right Th- that's the funny part like we we've talked a lot about now that we've Earth widened our scope we don't know what the hell to talk about yeah it's like, <laughs> where do you draw yeah. the line i mean yeah. we we're definitely centered on ashes and rivals as the competitive card game mm-hmm. players that we are and also say as well we we tend not to be the person doing the in-depth analysis stuff, like the really, really deep gritty. We don't, oh, pick, yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. pick something and del- delve down into the weeds too much, honest. You know, we're not generally doing the type of conversation that a lot of places are doing. And I would say as well, this one here is, how many games have we lost so far? <laughs> of rivals? Uh, how many? No, oh, how many games have we lost? What's our uh, casualty count? What's the one, what's the hill in cannon fodder covered in gravestones like for four. us? Four. You know, four yeah, right now. It's pretty impressive. So the conversation of, basically, is this game going to last? Unsurprisingly, is a, c- comes to mind. Right, yeah. right. Well, and I now have an interesting perspective on this also because now I'm I'm picking Netrunner back up so ne- 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 necromancering the neuromancer stuff there uh-huh. so, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah I've got on the spot, by the way. I've got cards <laughs> I've got cards on order and <laughs> I've got to think about it too a couple of guys we spoke to have got the um, system thingy one. system gateway system gateway, update yeah, yeah update one yeah, so. yeah 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 so we'll talk about that in a minute what I want to cover first is some of the news coming out of both Ashes Rivals and Keyforge camps mm-hmm. um the the rivals camp some exciting news uh, is that they've they showed off they teased shared with the public their rules document it's not anywhere near final initial version yeah. right initial version but it's a robust initial version mm-hmm. it's pretty good they showed it on their that you can find it on their YouTube channel under Renegade Games under Vampire Wednesdays this last Wednesday which have, would have been August fourth is the this. They already published the rulebook. Is this like a, a no, no, no? This is the tournament. Oh, this tournament is the tournament rules. Tournament, tournament, sorry, tournament, oh, tournament sorry. Yeah, this is tournament document stuff. So this is you know what they're going to do, how they, what the conduct, how they would structure things. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, but it's still early phases. Yeah, the first, the first big OP step. Mm-hmm. So, certainly, for anyone, certainly for anyone else planning to run this in small stores or home, whatever. You yeah, know, club kind of level. Mm-hmm. Um, the most interesting thing for me was I, I, and I gave them feedback to this effect. I said. They they looked like they had of one v one three player and four player tournaments as as part of the structure, and having played Vitesse for so long, I thought it was just going to be one v one or multiplayer. And I don't know if I, it's unclear from the document. And I wasn't in the live version because that's when we play our games on Wednesday nights. <laughs> to ask them like, is it hard? Like hardline three-player tournaments. When you say three-player tournaments, we're talking about three-player table tournaments, and that's it. And then potentially up to two people have buys in those cases, or is it four? Is it a multiplayer tournament, meaning four-player and three-player tables for overlap? Yeah, for overlap. I mean, so I, I don't know that that was unclear from the document. Yeah, I mean, 
talking Gen Con again, they've, they've said they're doing 1v1 for some of the stuff, two-player, and they're doing multiplayer for the main Prince of the City, right? Yeah, main yeah. Prince of the City is multiplayer. And that'll be four, assuming at that point, four-play tables yeah, max pair-downs. Again, this goes to maximizing four-player. Like, mm-hmm. do you have... If you have three players left over after pairing all the four-player tables, do they get a buy or do they play a game? Well, I would from, say they play a game. Yeah, from look at things, it goes to a three. That's what they said with the four. They said, yeah, they. Yeah. When you when I'm pretty sure from a very very quick scan of the rules that you fill from um, top billing downwards. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, higher yeah. strength for yeah. schedules, higher yeah. higher strength for schedule down. Basically. So and so. and so the most number of like if your numbers are completely off, the most number of three-player tables you'll have after you have nine players in it is three. Right, so the cycle is you have oh I see what you're you saying you have three yeah, three, three, three player yeah. tables, you have no play no three player tables, and you have one and two and, that's and three, in, as the numbers go up. That's in a pretty small size tournament for multiplayer. So yeah, yeah. and and the the convenient part is they have they have they also have times for each of these games. So a mm. two player game I think is limited to. I want to say 35? 30 minutes, 35 minutes. 35 minutes, something like 35, remember, 50, yeah. 70 from memory, I think. 50, 75. 50, 75, is yeah. it? Okay. So then even if you have if you have a large tournament and you have three three-player tables, you can just go up at the 50-minute mark to these folks, to these three tables, and say, hey, your time is up, finish the round. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's and a- without bothering the other 60 people that are in the... Yeah, I mean, I assume that's the, that's part of the intent there is not just for individual tournaments, but within a tournament, yeah, yeah to get the. Yeah. the so those were the things that I that yeah. I that spoke to me. I I was surprised at how robust it was for how early the version now it was. That, that's a big thing I was going to say. If you do get a chance to read through these, they're a great tournament um, rules read in general because they've definitely hit all the basic bases of here are the problems that pop up in a tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, they haven't gone for well. One thing that people brought up, the classic problem. <laughs> Particularly as someone who's ran so so many tournament games, is that there's no mention of rules on conceding yet in, oh multi- in multiplayer, oh. because that's a hell of a thing in a multiplayer game, ain't it? It yeah. specifies in the rules that all players must be um, playing to win. Right, They're, we're expected to play to win, kind of thing. That's a big problem with multiplayer games. If not everyone's playing to win, then yeah, any number of issues pop up from that. That brings conceding into an interesting light, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're conceding, then you're no longer playing to win, clearly. You know what I'm saying? It counteracts that directly. So yeah. that's an interesting one. So. There's the, play, the, there, we have seen plenty of instances where playing to win the tournament mm-hmm. is is not Counter. necessarily is not necessarily in line with playing to win the match that you're currently in. Precisely. Sometimes yeah. you give up the match you're currently in to put yourself in a better position to win the tournament. So that there were there were all, a, there were lots of intentional draws in like just about every L5R tournament that we ever went to. It's it's one of the most long term endemic things in Magic, which was the first big game to really right. bring that one up. But yes, it's it's ran for everything. I can think of it in Netrunner Plenty. Yeah, L five R certainly had lots of like, yeah, move on. I mean, you, we both we all understand part of the reason for L five R is you might have a top table coming up and not want to spend the next an hour brain melting yourself further because of the right. cognitive weight of that game and the length mm-hmm. game could go to. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's understandable. Anything else stick out to you, Carl? I'm thinking over it. Um, I was looking at the time. The, the recommended time for games, I think, seems about right. I played my first constructed deck two-player recently, a little while back. Myself and Jason hit one out, and that was mm-hmm. definitely on easily on time scale for that. Yeah, with two fairly aggressive decks, but we absolutely obliterated that that, that time good <laughs> time requirement. Well, and uh, even the games that we played in the the, uh, the season zero league on Tabletopia, mm-hmm. uh, the the games were 
pretty short. Yeah, hour ish for brand new people, which is about right yeah. compared to the time they've given. Yeah. And given that you're doing it on Tabletopia, which is not, you know, people don't have a natural skill that they've learned over decades of living, yeah. you know, of how to pick up things. I'll always comment, shuffling's a joy. <laughs> I love tabletop and tabletop over shuffling. It's the best thing ever, you know. Um, yeah, they seemed about right there. Like I say, going through, um, I'd, have to, I'd have to go and pick it apart bit by bit, but it was some very smart, we've clearly run game event before style dealies in there. The, um, disc- the, the rulings and infractions system in mm-hmm. there was e- absolutely excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, what I've seen from Renegade so far, now mind you, I have not yet read the tournament rules because I'm not going to be playing any tournaments anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> they're paying attention. They're paying attention to the industry. They're paying attention to successes and failures of past companies. Mm-hmm. So there are plenty of instances of multiplayer tournaments. You've got the whole history of Vitez. You've got the history of the uh, Game of Thrones CCG slash LCG slash stuff, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all that. So... So I, I would hope that they were ju- would look at those rules documents from previous games and be like, this worked, this didn't, this worked, this didn't, and then put a rules document together based on that. Yeah. So that seems kind of like what they're doing. Yeah, there's, there's, there's plainly experience at play. Right. We can see that in the writing. So. Like well, yeah, and, and I don't yeah. think, like, everybody that I've, you know, seen on stream or talked to at Renegade, they, they're all, like, veterans. You know, Renegade's a small company, but... Everybody's been around for a while, so mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Um, now, one of the biggest conversations they had uh, on the stream the other day regarding these rules was in reference to the deal making piece, which yes. is, and I can't remember what it what it is for the game, but I I think the game allows you to make a deal that okay on your next turn you won't attack me if I do X Y and Z. Right. Yeah. Well, the game rule, in, the game rules are in, open about it. Is the yeah. Thing. The yeah. attorney rules say. If you make deals, those deals have got to be concluded hmm. during the active player's turn. Well, not just that as well. There's and you a- can only deal with the active player. The two two yeah. people uh, on the side can't make a deal. Mm-hmm. And the, the big thing there as well is um, two non-active players, I should say. Yeah, the, it's it, the, what you can do is specified. Right. Like the, the type, the types, of, the types of basically the type of agreement is a short list. So I think I think it's less less than a half dozen th- different things you can do, like pay for a cost, that kind of stuff. You know, so. So yeah, it's 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 they've definitely gone. How can we actually make this? We want to keep this in the game as a tactical idea, making table talk a thing. We want it in there, but mm-hmm. we don't want the whole. Well, if it's some abstract future point, I appear to be in trouble. You'll come to my aid, right? Level like how are we supposed to judge this? You know, kind right, of problem, right, 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 right. So, so yeah, it's cool. Uh, I I I'm excited for how structured it is, how well thought out it is. Again, mm-hmm. it's a very early document, but even at this early stage. It's done quite well. Uh, it looks quite good. So, uh, turning to Ash's news, uh, the previews for the two new packs, the two new Phoenixborn, continue. So, one is definitely Control, and the other one is definitely Burn. Right? Like, it's Fair enough. just like we're going to control things. We're going to have things be peaceful, and yay, we're not going to do very much. And I'm going to limit what you can do on your turn. Messing with dice, messing with cards, messing with exhaustion tokens, messing with status tokens, and the other one is like burn, baby, burn. <laughs> so have we have we got have we got copy of these copies of these up? Or can we have a look? Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you can find them. They're they're on at the uh, Plat Hat website. Mm-hmm. Um, the probably the biggest news, unfortunately, um, we I, I listened to they have a podcast themselves, Plat Hat Games podcast, Plat Hat podcast. 
And they said that their Gen Con events are in limbo still. Hmm. That the woman um, that had submitted them, she had told the story like, I, I submitted them a while back, mm-hmm. but because of how Gen Con is doing things, uh, they, they're they pretty sure they'll have these events. But because they're smaller events and the company Plaid Hat is not going to do something for four days, it's only it only wants two days worth of events. Mm-hmm. Um, Gen Con is giving priority to those companies that can do four days worth of events and four days worth of staffing and, and so on and so forth. So the ske- they're caught in scheduling hell, basically. Hmm. They're confident, and as it would be ludicrous to think that a card tournament for, for a game as high profile as Ashes isn't going to go forward. So I'm, they're confident that one will be scheduled, but you know, players who are attending Gen Con still don't know. Don't know so when. Don't, well, don't know when is the. Don't know when. Is, yeah, right, right. Okay, interesting. I wonder thought Gen Con would be that busy this year to have that kind of problem. But well, the logistics of doing things during a pandemic. And they're hmm. smaller, right? They've they've said they're going to hold everything smaller, so sixty yeah. percent. Oh, okay. And so yeah, they're working with those constraints. You have the size, but then you've also reduced. Like they're not going to use. They're going to keep it to sixty percent um, population, but they're also not going to use the stadium. Like they have before, so that might take care of, you know, a good chunk of their space anyhow, mm-hmm. right? But they're not using the stadium because we're doing it later, and so football is going on, so there's <laughs> going to be some football happening. Uh, so there's all kinds of little, all kinds of myriad of forces at work to make this a complex situation. Interesting, interesting. But is it a complex situation or is it a complicated situation? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> that, that old yarn. Um, and, and there's a little bit of Keyforge news. They held a Keyforge Live, a fan run um, tournament event in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a couple weekends ago. Hmm. And by all accounts, it went famously. They had more than 50 people show up, they had some sealed for mass mutation. Uh, now, awesome con- stuff. now continuing on, we have one more piece of news, which is uh, completely off topic. We had, again, we teased that we keep putting things in. When do we draw the <laughs> line on what we talk about here? If you're part of the collectible, customizable card game community, and you have you you know watch things online, you have probably heard about a Kickstarter for Earthborn Rangers. Ah, uh, um, yes. And this is an exp- expandable, cooperative, customizable card game. Uh, from the former head of studio at FFG. Andrew Navarro. Andrew Navarro. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be, well, it's already funded. It got funded within a few hours. Yeah, I mean, as always. Well, everybody know, uh, you know. Okay, everybody who's been an FFG fan knows who he is. Yeah. You know, it's, if you're an FFG card game fan, you probably know who Andrew Navarro is, and you've probably played one of his games. Mm-hmm. Or a game that he has worked on, and yeah, his he's a good designer. So, well, he yeah. did some of the art direction for Netrunner, right? Yep, early early days, but he did it. Mm-hmm. You know, he did he did he did some directorial work, and some I think some design work too for like uh, Marvel Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also done some work on Arkham Horror, mm-hmm. the card game. So I mean, he's got the chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's an interesting game. I watched Team Covenant did a. Uh, kind of a learning to play when they were actually learning to play the game this past Monday. You can find that on Covenant's website. You could probably find it on the Kickstarter website for Earthborn Rangers. Earthborn with an E in the end as well. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Like it's interesting. I haven't quite funded it yet because 
the three of us have talked and we're competitive. Like when we get together, we tend to play competitive stuff because that's what we want. Like we can't find people to play competitive stuff against us. So we tend to play cooperative with other people. Well, you, you say this, I think I'm the, I'm probably the person who's brought the most competitive games to, sorry, cooperative games to your doorstep. So. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so I'm kind of waiting on my wife to see what my wife thinks about this Earthborn Ranger. She seems to like it so far. And, you know, even though we play-tested Marvel Champions, I can't get you to play it. <laughs> no, no, mm-hmm. no. Well, the two would, of you play it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not together, but you've played it. Well, well again, same, okay. same, same Carl's a very busy person. <laughs> same, same, well, certainly, certainly in the evenings, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the overlap is not there, so. Yeah. You know. So, the Earthborn Rangers, I, check it out. I, again, I'm leaning towards supporting it, but I got to see if my dear wife is interested in playing. Well, as always... Kickstarters being what they are, initial buy is fairly high here. Even with getting the entire game, you know, all the better. You know, even for the amount of material you're mm-hmm. getting one go, it's initial buy-in. There's a lot of stuff about um, the other side of their business and infrastructure they're talking about, which is well worth looking at on on their Kickstarter. I'd say go check it out. Um, and there's, a, I would say, we mentioned Andrew, Andrew Navarro. There's a whole bunch of uh, pretty high-end design shops in here. There's mm-hmm. Andrew Fisher. There's the uh, gentleman who did. Um, Warhammer Quest originally, and then Heroes of Terranoff re- uh, recently. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, the designers of that are in, the, in here. I love it's, Heroes of Terranoff. It's, it's a heck of a list of um, people in here, so going through, the, going through the names. I didn't even realize so, that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That and, that and, and if, also artwork, artwork and design is excellent right now. I mean, certainly from the previews they put out, oh, the, great, the, so. the, art, the The cards are well done. They're very pretty. Yeah, and very, very distinct. Yeah. I mean, like, whatever comments you might have about whether you like or dislike rivals, say, the art style can vary up and down a little bit, and I think that's intentional. They've got very clearly a bunch of different an artist to make a diverse set of cards and mm. that's cool but it's also nice to see something like this which is 100% coherent everything they put through you could practically line into a tableau and form a scene from it so mm-hmm. so consistent through there mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's got sort of a Kino's Journey sort of feel to some of the art to me oh you know, yeah okay there, there, yeah. there's definitely sort of a it's not anime art but there's a an anime influence it, to it, the art. It's that Western crossover style. Yeah. I mean, it has a lot of that stuff where it's very, yeah, il- very illustrative. Anyway, yeah, go check it out. The website's full it's of good art. It's good art. It's it's very good art. Yeah. Um, <laughs> us, us sitting here telling you about the artwork is not going to help a whole ton, right? You know? Yeah, and there's some concept <laughs> art, and, and they've yeah. done some updates talking about their design, you know, as, as is perfectly normal with Kickstarter stuff. Again, I want to support... I just but have it too is many cooperative games. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Okay, so if, if I was going to buy into it, I would be looking at the $150 point to get the all the, the, the base yeah. game with the card doubler and the second campaign. So right. just get it all, boom, done. Mm-hmm. And of course, they've got you know like specialized play mats and upgradable tokens and things like that, which I'd want to get also. That $150 buy-in is, is rough. Yeah. And I have already have two cooperative card games that I don't play often enough. Right, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I mean, we, we were saying as well when it first popped up, I'm pretty sure from the look of what they're offering and how they're offering it, they're aiming to start with at the Gloomhaven-style crowd as the one person in a group of friends buys the game and everyone plays the game. Well, that's something that's interesting. Yeah. So, like, Arkham has decent one-player potential. Mm-hmm. Decent solo potential. I think Marvel Champions is a blast solo. Yep, does a really good job. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but... They are meant, they're not like aimed at solo first. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, solo is there, but it's a little bit of an add on, mm-hmm. even though they both have good solo play. One thing that 
Navarro is going for for this one is having really solid. It's it's almost like he's doing it solo first. Mm-hmm. It's like solo play is his initial you know gameplay mode for this, and he's going and and adding on multiplayer after that. So hmm. in some of the in some of the materials that I've read, he's talking about having a really good solo experience for it. So that's cool. That's that, that's awesome. Yeah. So that that's a, that's a good way to get people interested. You know, like one person buys the game. You know, the core set was what eighty bucks or something like that for the base version on Kickstarter. Yeah, for, ju- for just yeah. for just yeah. the core set. That yeah, that's the Kickstarter price, and that gets you like the you know the inbox campaign and enough to you know make your deck. Uh, you only need the card doubler if you want to have, you know, like everybody wants to play the same like archetype or whatever identical deck or whatever yeah right. <laughs> you know it gives you an extra you know like everything there's a full play set of cards in the box which is great that's that's the way, way to go so yeah there, there's definitely a potential there for i'm just gonna pick this up you know pick up the core game play it myself and if i like it i'll tell my group about it and maybe we'll get people playing so that's i i like that direction with the game mm-hmm yeah, you 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 mentioned the full play set of cards in there, um, hovering around the discords, both the official and unofficial for rivals. But um, the uh, scars from the FFG um, distribution method are still there. Oh, people are saying like, "Oh, are... hey, rivals is great. It has a full set of cards in the box." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that used to not be a thing. You're right." <laughs> yeah, now now how normalized it's been. So how so quickly, just, right? Just, just, well, just, just two well. games iterations like Champions oh, yeah. and Rivals, mm-hmm. Champions, Rivals, and Ashes. Yeah, oh. three, three, three uh, popular games popping up. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, Arkham Horror is going to that model too. Mm-hmm. Finally, we're, we're, they're doing yeah. they're doing a revised core set for it, and the revised core set is going to have full play sets. Yep, yep. So you only need to buy one. Whew. Maybe that's a good transition to our uh, kind of a main discussion today. Uh, we, no, 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 we could have just segued, but no. We could have. Yeah, we no, could have. Carl, Carl holding segue over his head there, which was what I was, go- what I was gutting at least for. So. so We've good job, Toby. Break the segue because we've because we've had s- s- such emotion attached to games ending, and now we're in games restarting with the with one with ashes, and then it a seems sort of, like sort of Netrunner Netrunner is kind of coming back at least locally. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the only thing I can think of is like, so we, how long did this last? Netrunner is not just coming back locally. Yeah. So the just a this is just a sort of Never non sequitur. I looked on drivethroughcards.com and uh the system gateway set is a platinum seller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no they, like they have like six of the top 7 uh, like items yeah. for mm-hmm. the last 2 weeks or whatever yeah, the time like period month, is. Like a month actually yeah, or more. Yeah. Um, so who the hell knows. But platinum yeah. seller, you have to sell at least 1000 copies. Wow. Well, and for I'm, for a print on demand, yeah, that's no small thing. So yeah, so like the 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 system gateway system update twenty twenty one stuff that came out back in what was it March yeah. March April is shooting a net runner in the arm. It's a shot. Yeah, it's a it's like so that's kind of cool for a game that is that has no distribution it's model. You dead, know, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, so that's so that's yep. I find that interesting. You know, it's it's gone through a lull and then it's coming back. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that's <laughs> that's interesting to me. Yeah. Okay, so we have Netrunner. We have we were talking. We were going to talk focus really on Ashes and Rivals and well, how yeah. mm-hmm. what what their sustainability is, what what their longevity is, what their mm-hmm. sustainability is. What does the picture look like in a couple years? Mm-hmm. Well, to well, both, let's, well, okay. To let's start yeah. with let's. Okay, what does the picture look like now? Mm-hmm. So with Ashes, we have twenty one, twenty two Phoenixborn. Something like that. Main, main yeah. Uh, 
they're, 13, they're, 20, yeah, something like that. 22, I think. Something, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's about 22 different Phoenix born. So there's six in the core set, and then each uh, expansion beyond that has a single one, right? So you've got a pretty sizable card pool. You know, as we've mentioned before, it's, you know, you have the, the that initial five years worth of Phoenix born that they that they updated and reprinted, and then now we're starting to they they get rid of a couple, they retired a couple, and then they're bringing them back in new forms like Jericho with the Breaker of Fate, and then mm-hmm. the the two promos that they're going to be the Oric and what's her name that are the ones that are coming out soon. Uh, uh, yeah, or Oric is one of them. I don't know. Yeah. What, I, forget I, the other, I forget the other one's name is, but. I'm too busy trying to trying to get a handle on what I have in front of me. Like, right. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tw- dealing with 22 Phoenix Born and the cards that go with them all is is yeah. is, a, is, a, is a deal. So you've but you've got you know this this five years worth of card pool that has been rejuvenated through the subscription model. We're adding more stuff. Right. So, so the so the release model for this is should there be enough subscriptions for the next at some point for the next product. Right. They will s- start the process. They 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 go ahead and they do the design testing and so on and so forth. And I guess they get the art, and they, but they don't pull the trigger on the production until they've locked in a certain number of people for the production. And at uh, at some point that has to be like because people come and go yeah. on the subscription model on Covenant, so there has to be some kind of preset date. I don't if there is one have the if there's been one made public. I don't know what it is. But at one point they pull the trigger and then they release. At minimum, their their schedule now, as far as I'm aware, is two Phoenix born with a, a pre constructed deck it's and conjurations. Yeah, it's a quarterly each quarter, yeah. each about each quarter, right? So they started with Breaker Fate. That we have all seven dice in the universe are have been released and are accessible to everybody. So from here on out, it looks like it's going to be two Phoenix born per. Right, it's going to be yeah. It's per two quarter. of those basically the fifteen dollar just. Single deck packs is right. basically what you're going to get right. um, every quarter. I would imagine the way, if just logistically speaking, I would imagine whenever they release a product, I imagine sometime around that date, you know, it's it's released to the the subscribers. They would, I would imagine that that's the point where they do a a an audit of okay, how many subscribers do we still have? Do we have enough for the next product? Okay. We're yeah, go, at some point yeah. that, ha- yeah, that so, happens. So right? that, yeah, I mean, my assumption would be that most of the design stuff, as we know, um, is happening well in advance, and those checkpoints are oh, yeah. largely for production. Right, right. Can we afford to print? Can we afford to ship? Yeah. You know, how much can That's we? That's my guess. Yeah. So if we look at this going forward, right, we have two Phoenix Borden coming out. Let's look at the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. So at the end of 2022, maybe we have, maybe they have four more releases come out. So we have eight more Phoenix born, mm-hmm. right? So that's the situation at the end of 2022. We've got 22 Phoenix born now. We've got two more coming. That's 24. At the end of 2022, we have 30. Two. We have 30 or 32? 32. 32. 32. Yeah. yeah, you're right. 32. So, so we have 32 of them. We can math, folks. <laughs> what happened? That's a that's a massive card pool. What? Yes. Right. So. What does Ashes have to do? What does the community have to do? Because it seems like that's a huge, like that's a, we talked about LCG buy-in a lot, yeah. a lot. We talked mm. about it a lot with L5R, with Netrunner, with Conquest, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to buy into Ashes right now, 
that's stupid expensive. I mean, I sh- no, stupid expensive. I guess I just right? did it. Yeah. yeah. I just <laughs> did it, and, and it was expensive. And yeah. yes, you can do the whole, like, build a deck you want to online and go find out what cards are in what packs and buy those packs and just slowly build. And people do that, but largely people want to go all in mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. They people there are very there's a very small contingent of of game of card game players who want to like slowly build their stuff, right? So, what do you do about bringing new people in? What do what should the company do? That's that's the problem I have with this. I think I think we basically do you basically do what Justin has been doing with us, either doing oh you're 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 a new player and you just have a couple of precon decks okay, well. Let's get together. I'll bring a, I'll, I'll put together a couple of the precon decks of other Phoenixborn, and we'll just play precon decks or do the recon decks, the reconstructed ones. Okay. And so, so that way you can say, okay, well, what do you? So you've got this deck. Okay. Well, you need you know these dice for it. So you know, buy the core set, buy this deck, and you've got everything you need. And so that's and that gets a start. And so then you've got a small buy-in to say, okay, do you like this game or not? It's this cause sort of the. Okay, with, so with I'm not, I'm not with, but I'm not talking about getting somebody interested. I'm talking about, I'm talking about solving the monetary issue of having people buy into the game. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's only two ways that you can do it. Okay, if the person's interested, you know, they bought a deck or something, or you know, a deluxe expansion, and then then played it a little bit, and said, "Hey, this is cool. I'm going to get more of it." Mm-hmm. They either have to do it incrementally over a few months which is basically what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you have to just say, well, here's 300 bucks. I'm just going to, you know, order all this stuff right now or whatever. Because that's what you're, you're, that's, I don't even know, I don't know if it's that bad. You'd have to, I'd have to go back and do the math again. I forget exactly what I spent. Well, it's, it's a lot. It's like, didn't you say thir- there's 13 small packs with Phoenix Born in them. Those are each 15 bucks each. Yep. You have three deluxes. The th- well now the three deluxes with Breaker Freight. I don't know how much those cost retail MSR. Okay. Yeah. So that's ninety bucks. You've got thirteen at fifteen each. So that's a hundred and ninety five dollars and you've got a fifty dollar corset. Yeah. So you're talking, so yeah, you're talking over talking north of north of three hundred. Yeah. For, for, uh, for I guess what I'm getting to is at one point do you do you go with a do you You're gonna do say the R revised? Yeah. yeah, do you yeah. do a revised corset or do you do a do you structure your organized play because that's at the heart of these games? Do you do you have two organized play styles? Which one is which is eternal for local, like full yeah. card pool, and then the other one is limited card pool? Yeah, I mean right? the big the big well, question. Okay, yeah. you have to what to the- be successful. You have to. If you don't do that, you're hampering. Your, I think. I think I agree with what your point is. I think you're hampering your success. I this Poss- is okay. We talked about the, We've talked a little bit about the the the, the R word, the <laughs> I, rotation. I, I'm passionate yeah. about this shit. I've seen too many fucking games go south. I, I, and we need to. Uh, you, it's it's okay. <laughs> you're you're in a safe place. You're amongst friends. <laughs> For friends who keep saying rotation, to be fair, so, you know, rotation, rotation, rotation. There's an episode <laughs> I, name for I it. I don't know about <laughs> rotation, though. Okay, I, don't know I, about yes. I think if I think if you say or like, especially with something like Ashes, which mm. has so many cool interactions and and has done well, you know, going rotation. Eh, but you could start with a revised corset and have that define the starting point of the new 
organized play system versus the eternal organized play. The formats. That's what. That's the. I, I, mm-hmm. I, whenever we have this discussion, I always come back to Magic: The Gathering. Right. Mm-hmm. Magic: The Gathering has multiple formats. Each of them is in some way a limited card pool, except for what I forget what they're calling it these days, vintage or whatever, whatever set, whatever Methuselah. format it is that includes. <laughs> it's whatever includes alpha and beta. I forget what the name of the that. Well, format don't is. even get going. There's ones that only include that. There's ones that only include up to a certain point. There's ones that include absolutely everything. Well, so yeah. so, so they, they've got whatever the the main the main formats are, the entire card pool. Basically, it's it's everything ever printed. Then you've got the next one that's that a lot of people talk about is modern. Mm-hmm. You, then you've got standard, which is just the the most recent two years worth. Uh, the, the way they're defining standard these days is the most recent two years worth of releases. So you've got about like what is it like four or six sets that that go into standard, mm-hmm. something like that. So you've got to do something like that. You know, that's that's how you bring new blood into the game, and that's how you keep your old people interested, right? Mm-hmm. You give you give everybody a way to play that they want to play, so that they can play, and they can play because they're not obligated to buy the entire freaking card right. pool. And and the the, the buy in for Magic is, if you think the buy in for any of these expandable card games that we're talking about is bad, go play Magic. Buy, well, buy, try buying a standard deck these days. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I've been, I've been quiet for a while. I might notice. So let's, uh, yeah. let's cut in here. So you make a very good point there. If we talk about when I read this, um, this uh, uh topic subject mm-hmm. we're talking about here. If we talk about the, the success of competitive card games, first of all, we have two things to compare it to. There are realistically two card games that have done this and really made it work, and have lasted and lasted and will not die. And those are Magic the Gathering and Pokemon, for slightly different reasons. Right? Mm-hmm. You could you could also include the original L5R CCG if you wanted to. It's, that had that twenty five years worth of, of releases. True, but it's toast now. The, these well, are still yes. going for lo- and, and started Fair before enough. that. Yeah. I, there are two. There are two winners here, and it, honestly, it's a it's a sixty forty split. It's Magic and Pokemon. Yeah, maybe seventy thirty, as it were, between the top ends. And it, it really depends on on your area of the world, and you know, like somewhat so. But those are those are the two. Yes. Without any doubt, if you if you go into a card game shop on the planet, you'll be able to find a Pokemon on a Magic game, yes. particularly a Magic game. Right? right. So obviously, we can look at. Why, right? One of the things you mentioned there is rotations, is alternate play formats for Magic. Um, I honestly don't know what Pokemon does on that front, but Pokemon's biggest strength is a combination of grabbing the pocket money and a combination of the um, parent and child format, mm-hmm. basically of going, hey, look, you know, mom or dad can play this with me or can get me involved and we can play that kind of thing. That's how it does its stuff. It's got those ones just fine. And Pokemon is a good enough and strong enough game, whereas Magic, as much as I'm not the biggest fan I go up and down on how much I like Magic. It is it is designed well enough to have been ridiculously successful. There's no two ways about that, right? Now, what can as always we can say what can we learn from these what the, these guys? Well, part of what you talked about there is the competitive edge. But one of the major things about Magic, one of the big deals that allows people to do, is to collect into the game. Yeah. Now, right now, Ashes has a major problem that collecting into the game is possible, but because of the subscription style model, because of the large buy-in areas, because of the core set plus plus deluxes kind of feel, is tricky. I'm going to make a point here that I don't know there's an immediate obvious solution, because this is the oldest problem in collectible card games. Looking at what you're saying, mm-hmm. that, that, that buy-in, collect, co- collecting people into the game that mm-hmm. you mentioned. Yeah, a, a, play, a player collecting their way into the game. Yeah, right. So that's, that's pretty easy with Magic. Mm-hmm. You go onto the secondary market, you, you go onto one of the, the deck builders, you find a deck, you... Whatever, and and then you buy well, that deck. I mean, the point is, you people people buy packs and collect up little by little. It's only near the top end that they buy that they really 
focus well, on buying towards deck. Yes, so. there, there, there are ways that there. That's another way you could do it. You could just go and buy a bunch of draft boosters, and and build up a collection of cards, and then maybe supplement that with a few you know single purchases here and there, and you can mm-hmm. build a deck. You know, during the FFG LCG day, competitive LCG days, there was this push by most of the communities to have the card pool. The card pool's available. You should have the card pool so you can build anything you want at mm-hmm. any given time. And that happened a lot in Netrunner with the, I need to have the card pool so that I can build the best deck and play the best deck. Because, you know, you know, currently, you know, at the, the CI asset spam deck is the best corp deck, so I'm going to play that. That requires being able to just, you know, have that resource at, at your fingertips to, you know, drop your Wayland deck and pick up your HB deck or whatever. It was still prevalent in L5R, but maybe a little bit less so because people were so focused on their clan. So there, there was more of that, that more of that focus where I don't necessarily need the whole card pool, but most people wanted to have the entire card pool just, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know. With something like Ashes, for it to be long-term viable, with the size of the card pool as it is today and as it is going to be in a year from now, mm-hmm. you need to look at it more like the, the magic buy-in model of I'm going to find a, a point to, to enter into this where I, I'm looking at a deck or a play style or a you know a type of die or something that I want to start with mm-hmm. I'm going to get the, the, the packs surrounding that and then build outward from that once I've got once I got that okay you know I've got these cards and I can build most of this deck over here I just need expansion X to do that so I'm going to pick that up now so I can build you know the next deck or whatever I think that's the way that you get that you on ramp people into this game with with such a hard with such a large card pool, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the point I'm getting at is discussing the card pool as a whole and and discussing the idea of people doing a straight buy in is the is how can I put this? That's the angle we don't want to go for. We want to encourage and work on people collecting their way in more. I'd I'd like I'd like um both from the community side and somewhat so from how Plaidheart do things is to run events where say it's you know um two of the fifteen you you can only pl- uh, build a deck play a deck built from two of the fifteen dollar um, starter styles the little Phoenix Born ones. You can mix mm-hmm. two of those. Mm-hmm. That kind of small limited because thirty dollars to someone to come into a game for the first time is still a bit of a jump for people, but nowhere near as rough as a core set plus a deluxe plus a few packs kind of okay. feel. So, so let's bring Keyforge into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Keyforge has an extremely low buy-in. It's got ten bucks, gets you a deck, gets you a vi- you know a viable playstyle, a viable entry into a tournament or into a, mm-hmm. a league night or something. And for like that. five more dollars, you get all the counters you need, and you can never never exactly have to spend right. More getting than one 10. of the deluxe. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So you spend fifteen bucks, you get one of the deluxe Archon decks that's got the little counter sheet in it, and you're you're golden. Mm-hmm. You know that is one thing that is probably going to keep Keyforge alive longer. Without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, because the 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 that buy-in never changes mm-hmm. so far anyway yeah. So, yeah well you know if you want to get the two-player starter it's 25 or whatever but yeah exactly yeah so you know but yeah if, unless you're just going to start buying decks because you want to get a certain i want to get you know this combo f- out of the out of the dark tiding set so i'm going to keep buying decks until i do yeah <laughs> the, then it gets expensive the new, new new guy the other day right it was like it'd be really nice to build a deck like this like no <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't gotten my evil twin deck yet, so you know, you have to keep buying decks, right, Tobin? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so, well, okay. So we're we're agreed that that, that collectability, uh, and we want people to dribble in 
to to collect into these things. Have the ability to do so. And yeah. but yes, if the game is interesting, you keep new players in. Uh, you might bring new players in just by by gravitas, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. that you get us, you get to a critical mass of players, and people come in mm-hmm. whether they dribble in or whether they buy collect. They collect in, or where right. they collect their card pool, or whether they buy buy whole hog. There's two points of concern that I still have, which is one is, you know, I think, and I mentioned it before, you need two types of OP. You need two two formats at least for Ashes. We talked about it. I think just releasing two Phoenix Born every quarter for current players is probably not enough. You need us. There there needs to be some kind of spice somewhere. Um, so they, though, so I hope they're thinking well, about but, that. Well, but but the, I'm not sure I di- I agree with that. So that fifteen dollar pack, yeah. Think about the deck building for Ashes. It is wide open. Yeah. So every one of those fifteen dollar packs has the possibility of warping a meta. Yeah, I mean, you're thinking in terms of uh, even ignore the Phoenix Born, just the addition of yeah. a, a new card into the if, setup. If you are if, if you are a player yeah. who has the entire card pool already, sure, you want to get that the the Phoenix Born because maybe it's a you know you might want to it's a fun Phoenix Born that you want to play, but that's not the main interest for someone who already is a an experienced player who already has the card pool. They want the other cards. They want that right. thirty card deck. Yeah, I mean, no, like, and, and I understand that, but yeah. but I'm thinking about the excitement that I had. The difference in excitement levels that I had f- for uh, a conquest pack coming out, or the Tyranids, uh, the uh, data pack coming out, or Data and Destiny, uh, you know the, the children small of the empire versus, the, versus yeah, yeah, the small whatever. versus the large. Right. So you have so I'm not and and we had Breaker of Fate with dice, and maybe that's what they do. They they don't do new dice. Maybe they do something completely different, but. It, I guess, from my point of view, if it, if it was just two Phoenix Born, a quarter ad nauseum, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, that, yeah, eventually, yeah. that could get a little boring <laughs> yeah. unless there's some really spicy cards in one of those packs. Yeah, I mean, sh- yeah, they'll <clears throat> excuse me. A shakeup will happen of some form. That's just part part of running a long term game. I would make a point that every um, product you mentioned as being interesting there is another big deluxe thing that makes the buying a little bit trickier for the new the new people one. But that's true. So keeping mm-hmm. keeping that's mm-hmm. that's got to be balanced too. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, the, the, it's we need we need the game to shake up every so often just for us to stay interested. Having something having something at a different price is not necessarily a bad thing. Like you have oh, a totally, fifteen dollar yeah. deal and you have a thirty dollar. What I'm saying is. If if they take their because we're buying two pack two two smaller packs at once right mm-hmm. so why not have a one larger pack that does something just is different than that typical that maybe thing. maybe they do a deluxe that doesn't have any dice yeah doesn't have Phoenix Born in it but is just uh, here's a bunch of cards you know like this is this is a pack of there are seven types of dice let's say it's uh, seventy cards. Ten cards for each magic type, right? Would would something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Get you, with, going? you have you have you, and, and I'm thinking about like you have a whole new uh, series, a uh, whole new set of conjurations, and they're and they're applicable summoning uh, cards, well, and then you have a whole new set of allies, and and yeah, exactly. Like something like that would be cool. Like oh, give me give me kind of a just a, a toolbox, mm-hmm. another. 
another drawer in my toolbox mm-hmm. to go sure. with that analogy. And, and you like open it up and you're like, oh, wow, I got all this stuff that's completely different tools than I've ever seen before. Yeah, yeah. And let's, let's say we talking about uh, Ashes in particular, that's going to have to be a wait and see deal because with the, shall we say, tentative impression they give us give us of their um, release schedule, you know, the idea that, each, uh, that they're going, as, as long as this maintains momentum, we'll, we'll promise mm-hmm. to do this amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that idea of, at, at any point, it might not have momentum and we're kind of done, guys, kind of feeling mm-hmm. that they're giving us. We'll, we'll have to wait and see um, if the game will stabilize enough and if the business side of things will stabilize enough for Plaid Hat to do that. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. One advantage they've got with the Phoenixborn system is that, is, um, is they uh, enables them to balance the idea of we don't know when we're going to stop doing this, but if we do know that as long as we hit a certain um, marker point, this very um, regular thing will come out that we can plan and project for and can mm. monetarily manage. So I think I think that might you make a fair point there. That might be part of how they're thinking about it is why they've gone for this very straightforward regular. Here's just going to be some more Phoenix bonds with some cards, right. you know. And so, they're to be honest. They don't necessarily need new people to come into the game. They just need old people not to leave. And there's the kicker. The subscription service, I would say, is one of the big things that is that says to me, we're not worrying too much about the new player. We're, worried, we're concerned right. with keeping our current community right, buying. Right, but over time, people leave. That yes, is true. Right? That, so and that's my, so, yeah. so mm-hmm. over time, people like... And, and if you have a couple of bad releases... All of a sudden, that that you can, slope you can that's, tank vi- game, that's yeah. not very steep, all of a sudden has one just drop off, yeah. and you lose. You know. Yeah. Let's make let's make clear. I'm not saying that I think that system is a fantastic idea. I have always been up and down about how they've gone their subscription style. We're going to focus on sub- on subscription and not worry too much about reaching out to everyone else kind mm-hmm. of model to to get a game going again. Sure, but I think that. That is one of the things that has to be well, de-emphasized. And, and, and to be clear, quickly. like the part of the subscription model is that they have that Team Covenant releases this. They, the Team Covenant subscribers get the product first, mm-hmm. and Team Covenant has the exclusive rights to sell that product for three months. At that point, it goes to distributors from Plat Hat, and those distributors can distribute it to friendly local game stores. Mm-hmm. And so, your friendly local game store can't get Breaker of Fate right now, but they can get everything else. Yeah. Right now they can't because I just checked, yeah. and it turns out that Plat Hat is that the distributors are out of the master set. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then, I think that was the second of printing things. of the reborn master set. Oh, is that set right? Too. Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we spent a lot of time on Ashes. I want to. So that's let's let's kind of put a pin in that one well, for that, now. That's, that's kind of state of the union on well, on Ashes, really. Yeah. And it's, and yeah. It's, so let's turn to Rivals, which has a slightly different release model. Uh, doesn't have subscription, mm. but it does have kind of a pre-order thing. Well, it's it's the Kickstarter model. Their, yeah, it, yeah. With I mean, their, plain, yeah. Plain and simple, it's the Kickstarter model. The original, the the Core Set for Rivals was kickstarted. Blood and Alchemy pack that's coming out soon was done through Crowdox, and mm-hmm. I'm guessing that the uh, the the one that's the uh, the Wolf and the Rat is probably going to be done through Crowdox also. Mm. Yeah, that would be my guess. And, and so they're doing it through Crowdox because uh, shipping shipping, shipping to better. Europe is cheaper, mm-hmm. and yeah. and the and these games are a little bit bigger in Europe than they are in the United States. Well, there's also the, the, just the widespread reach there, right? They don't yeah. have they don't they don't have half as many people going. What do you mean Kickstarter want to balls us over and trying to get this to the another continent? <laughs> Having yeah. I'm, I'm involved in a Kickstarter, with, and I I think I told you guys this, uh, I Kickstarter something in like 2018, and right as the Kickstarter closed, the man in charge passed away. 
Youch. So it's been in limbo forever. Uh, they That'll finally got it. somebody. So, but one of the one of the things is is that international shipping, like it, like Lawyer Up is a game that I got in I think March. I just got an email saying that everybody should have received their stuff. Eep. It's July. <laughs> There's a yeah. four month difference. So, it, bully to them for using CrowdOx. Because when you say international shipping is a problem, yeah. it's a problem to to the extent that someone doesn't have their product for four months till four months later. That's insane. Oh, at the very least, yeah. Four to, four to six is not not unusual. Yeah, variance in location. Oh, yeah. I, I know. So they're using CrowdOx. Vampire Rivals is doing CrowdOx for international shipping. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're presuming they're going to do the same with the Wolf and the Rat. Yeah, mm-hmm. unlike Covenant's three month exclusivity. On the product, it goes directly into the distribution. Yeah, mm-hmm. CrowdOx, we get our copies, and then they would follow up to friendly Google, local game stores very shortly thereafter. Right? Yeah, e- each of the main, uh, each of them, my main um, game stores I've passed by have had like decently stocked rival stuff sitting mm-hmm. around in it's, terms of what's available. Rivals yeah. is on the shelves at Total Escape right now. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and we don't know what their products are going forward. We know that I think they've said that these two packs fill out the clans. The eight clans that they had in mind in the original design. Um, Is that maybe, right? but going uh, through the, my clan knowledge, La Sombra. There are fourteen clans. Right? Oh yeah, La Sombra is going to be added mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. yeah, there there are fourteen clans. They mm-hmm. do have at least some sort of tentative plan to do every clan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, Un- understandably. Yeah. Yeah. So the so maybe the, that's it. A clan, a two clan pack. That's yeah, for until the first done year. All, so. Yeah, well, yeah. it's going to probably take longer than a year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because let's see, when did when did the CrowdOx yep. thing open up? It it's was five. two months ago, something like that. And it was just recently that they said, "Hey, we're gonna," you know, like I got notification that it, things were starting to move with the CrowdOx. Yeah, so. that was that's fairly short burn for a Kickstarter style model. So they were clearly ready to go. Just wanted to get some printed. So yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I they closed it on the twenty third. Yeah. It was open for like a month or two, yeah, something like that. Yeah, for, for, yeah. for, for it's really too horrible. So, so yeah. now it was it, it wasn't cheap. Right, it's oh, it's no. thirty dollars plus ten dollars shipping, mm-hmm. forty dollars total. So, so it's a little bit more expensive than Ashes. Uh, you get more cards than you do with Ashes, although the, you know because of the ga- the nature of the game, deck building, you could argue about the value of each individual card. Mm-hmm. But it's it's there. So that's the model that Rivals uses. Mm-hmm. And I right? think they don't have the challenge that Ashes does, where Ashes has this big catalog of back yeah well back you, well you've got you've got two things in favor of rivals there you've mentioned one right now we don't have this enormous buy-in there is a literal hard limit to how much you can spend on the game right this mm-hmm. second mm-hmm. You know, which is helpful to getting people in um it has a little bit of the i'll just keep referring to it as the gloomhaven thing of it's perfectly reasonable to buy a core set and have a group of people play mm-hmm. you know which you can We've do done. Out of, yeah which we did yeah, yeah. And rivals does it you can do out of ashes rivals goes no really just try and do that you know it's yeah. literally like <laughs> to start out just do that that's what we're saying to you you know there's a Pack in the in the starter saying stop. Yeah, play yeah. more games before you open. Yeah, this exactly. Pack. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's that's working wonderfully. And um, you bring up the the L five R style clan focus, mm-hmm. which we well li- literally in name have a certain amount of here. So there's an interesting, <laughs> but basically, yeah, they're, right. they're clans. They're going to work exactly the same, right? So if you if you're not particularly, <clears throat> we've we've talked about how you can cross clan cards to a degree. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yes. you can take vampires in. You can take other other cars into your builds. So there is encouragement for the competitive player and the min max of the go. Well, that one particular um, alchemy card over in um, uh, Tremere there looks great. So I'll go get a Tremere vampire and I'll get this set. But if you are doing it um, in the in the L five R method you mentioned before, of nah. You know, I'm 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 Bruya. I take stuff that works for Bruya. That's it. So great, you go off and just you don't worry about it. You don't worry about this set so much. That's a better thing for a newer player, I think, without any doubt, that they can pick and choose the things that go along and go. Yeah, I'll have that. Maybe maybe Gangrel stuff pops up and mm-hmm. Bruya. Oh yeah, okay. That's they'll they'll work nicely with my stuff, and I'll get that pack and I won't panic about it. Now we can't say too much about how well that's going to work right this second because. We're one pack into a new game, you know. Right. In fact, well, on the cusp of being one new one. But there's pack also into a new one game. thing that that Renegade has done. I think right that I, I'm not seeing out of Plaid Hat. As soon as they started talking about doing the online league and things like that, and they started talking, as soon as they started talking about OP, they started talking about alternate play formats. Mm-hmm. So they from day one they've planned to have a, and it like a, you know an eternal card pool of everything ever printed, and a current rotated standard or whatever they're going to call it like the just the you know whatever whatever is the the uh, the op focus now it's and that's going to be this road this sort of shifting window of cards over the life of the game yeah for mo for for first you know most op things talking about that from the beginning saying this will be a part of our organized play system is i think the right move you're right i they they have done that and they have at least given indications that they're thinking about OP and its relation to the game at the day one, so, before yeah, so, day one. So, and, and that's not something that Ashes has had. Right. Yeah. So like, so they're, they're, to, to give like a larger view of this for just a second, something that I see Renegade doing that I don't see Plaid Hat doing is thinking about the long-term longevity of the game. Yeah, no argument about it. Yeah. You know, uh, Plaid Hat is planning to do some form of OP for Ashes, Everybody's seen the Miss Spirit plushie, I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is really cool. <laughs> I haven't heard about this, but that does not surprise me yeah, in the slightest yeah, yeah, now yeah. I think about yeah. it. So. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be one of the OP prizes for whenever they start doing OP again. Um, <laughs> win, win all three games, you get to go home with a cuddly monkey? Move on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they're saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> And I might have just bulls, bullseyed. That's the uh, that's that the one. title. Yeah. That's the that's the episode title. Going home with a cuddly monkey. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, <laughs> I know that you know Plaid Hat is thinking about OP. They haven't said much about it yet, as far as I've as mm-hmm. I've seen. So I don't know if they're actually thinking about alternate formats like that or not. I hope they are. I I, I hope they are. Because we assume so. To be because fair, yeah. having so. played. Two competitive LCGs from 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 Fantasy Flight so far, mm-hmm. and really really loving both of them, and then coming back to one of them. So I'm talking about Netrunner L5R and coming back to Netrunner FFG, took a board game mentality to these to their competitive games. Mm-hmm. You know they they drug their heels and drug their heels and, dr- and drug their heels. You know talking they 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 came up with the idea of doing rotation, but then they didn't really do it. You know, or at least not fast enough, and yeah, it, it, I think you think dragging the heels is the big deal there. Everything yeah. happened just a little too slowly. Like they, they, they so, so they, it took them forever to do a a revised corset for Netrunner for for various reasons. And there was a lot of talk about L five R getting a revised set too I mean, yeah. for a while. There yeah. was, I remember we talked about it. I don't know twenty twenty nineteen. There was there was a couple months where it was the 
all the rage. It was a conversation topic with yeah. no with no real basis, but everyone yeah. was assuming <laughs> yeah. what would happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. And and they, they they should have done Irvine's corset. Maybe so. Yeah. Without, in hindsight being yeah. But whatever. You yeah. Know, so so you know the the fact that to bring this back to rivals, mm. the fact that Renegade is talking about this, I think, and, and from the beginning, so they're getting people ready for it, is shows that they have a long-term plan in mind for the game. Mm-hmm. And so I think that will help keep Rivals more viable longer because they're already planning for these events to happen. Mm-hmm. And like I was it's not our intention to compare these two games for the purposes of saying one is better than the other, right? The the challenge that Rivals has is it's it leans towards strongly and you and I, the three of us have talked about this. And yes, you two have played 1v1, but Rivals leans strongly towards multiplayer. And mm-hmm. it can be harder to generate people coming into a multiplayer game than it can come coming into a 1v1. Well, but now having said that, one thing that Rivals has going for it in the OP way is that we've talked about this before. The, city, the Prince of San Francisco, the City of San Francisco deck. So they could have a li- literally the formats could be San Francisco, Chicago, Lisbon, right? Paris. Well, uh, let's Montreal. Make it, let's, let's Montreal. Like, like, you could have the format be the city, and that's yeah. the city deck, and that says you can only use vampires from these clans, and it maybe there's a, a vampire, a clan exclusivity list, and then there's a, there's a these vampires can't come into this city, so you can't use a, a batch of vampires that have been running rampant in San Francisco. Yeah. They can't one be, one they way can't that they can do Portugal. that is they can say, this is a Camarilla city, this is a Sabat city, and so then, you know, it's going to be like a Sabat season where you can only play like, you know, La Sombra, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, tie, tie, tie it down a little more there because you bring you bring up a point I was going to mention, which is, yeah, I think if they're smart, rotation will be will be city deck by city deck. But I think the clever way will not be to say that, you know, when the when the Chicago City comes out, that comes out with a card that says X vampires can't. Um, you know, you must you must be this vampire to enter. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, right? must, you, know, you must be this. this you yeah. must be this old to enter. Yeah, yes. exactly. No, not, not not as such. I think this, the smart way will be to have the Chicago deck come up and say, "Here's the event set, and the and the and the here's what the event set here's what this event set does. Here's its effects, right? And for the community to go, well, shit, Bruyere's useless now. In that situation, they're weak." And that, I think, is how you could get smart mm-hmm. about it. If you mm-hmm. use yeah. those, mm-hmm. the clever way, it's not easy. Holy cow is this design challenge. But I think the clever way will be to have each of these city decks basically implicitly say, you, this play style has now been pushed to one side for this season. Or right, these cards have been, or whatever, right? right? That's the clever way, I think. Well, but I'm also wondering what happens when, okay, it's like, okay, when after they publish the 14th clan, whatever they decide to do last, mm-hmm. okay, what do we publish next? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the Wolf and the Rat Pack don't only have Gangrel and Nosferatu in them. I thought they had a, a vampires from other clans in Did there, they? too. And I the... thought the same for Thin Bloods as well. No. No? Yeah, because okay. this is one of the things I wanted to nail on, which is a combination of a really good thing for competitive and a really good thing for the casual collector. Okay. Is, is the if 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 the I believe it's the case that the Thin Blood and and Tremere packs coming up Only are have those. unique to those. There are neutrals, but they're unique, otherwise unique to those clans. Okay, right? yeah, okay. I believe that the clan focus cards are just 
Thin Blood, Tremere in in Blood and Alchemy. Yeah. No, 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 I was talking about vampires in particular, not, no, no, not yeah. cards. Yeah, yeah that, I, th- I believe so. That's yes. what I mean. Including those. Yeah, yeah including I believe that would be the case. From what I've seen from spoilers, I haven't okay. seen anything. Yeah. Okay. So assuming that's the case, that's great for the competitive player because the competitive player can go, "Do I care about this? You know, is there anything in there I care about? Is it is it worth?" You don't it, have the FFG it, problem of I need to buy this uh, di- Destiny pa- or uh, Dynasty pack that has two one cards. one card yeah. that I need in it. Precisely. Yeah. yeah, remove that problem. Also, the casual player can just go, well, I'm playing Finbun. Cool, I got that pack. Mm-hmm. I can ignore the rest. And that helps both sides. What I'm kind of tying back to, and the reason I brought up Magic and Pokemon and stuff like that early on, um, and is that Rivals, as you said there, from the first moment of Rivals existing, Renegade has gone, okay, here's a conversation about competitive play and longevity of the game on that from that angle. But Rivals itself so far has been released as a game which says, here's the casual player. Here's the kitchen table one. Here's the group of friends who just want to sit down and play. Here's a conversation in term, um, Here's a conversation presented by our product about how to make that work. Right now, they're hitting both angles. So the product itself yeah. is the conversation about kitchen table. Bingo. Which it should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The organized play system that they're developing is the conversation with the, co- the competitive player. Exactly so. And the, As it wh- should be. Exactly. And how they're releasing so far is working very well. And bringing up things like the deck, like the event deck. Having an interesting, fun way. A new event deck in, in this system we've got is fun for the kitchen table players, and assuming it's tied to a rotation like we've conversed about, no matter how it's done, it's fun for the competitive players. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a win-win. So, oh, there's already been some talk about that online. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. That leads us to the kind of the final point, final topic I wanted to discuss, final question, is what expectation should we have for longevity for these games? What's what's reasonable? Yes, we want the game to go on ad nauseum. Mm. But as you dis- you mentioned a lot earlier, which was Magic and Pokemon are it. Yeah. yeah. Right? You can't we can sit here and we can hope for twenty years, but until we get to nineteen, we can't reasonably hope for twenty years, right? Yeah. We have to hope for year two. No, like, no argument. Honestly. Yeah. Mm. So as I say that, I'm saying what is a reasonable expectation for longevity for these games? Oh, life? Oh, we're going to get the crystal ball out, eh? Okay. No, no, no. Um, like, yeah. like, at what point, uh, I guess maybe change my question slightly. Mm-hmm. At what point do you, four years, three years, four years, five years, six years, mm-hmm. do you say, hey, you know what? I've enjoyed this game. I've played it quite a bit. It's brought me a lot of joy. If it ended tomorrow, yeah, I'd be sad, but I, but that would be, I would call it good. Yeah. I mean, you know, like in Conquest, we didn't get that in Conquest. Mm-hmm. And I didn't Netrunner, get that for Netrunner. Netrunner yeah. was seeing a surge, and I had already run my run run my uh, process through with Netrunner. I I basically finished playing Netrunner before it ended. So what's that point for these games? What? How long? And not not Rivals or Ashes in particular, yeah. but just these oh, okay. types of games. Good question. Um, to to slightly counter what you said there, I think the biggest advantage of Rivals right this moment is I would be perfectly happy if nothing else released for it. It's a shockingly good self-contained game. Okay. I, I like it as a... I like actually think one of its big strengths right now that as a board game, as a contained product, it's remarkably good. And I could happily play that with people and teach people to play that game, right? Mm-hmm. I'll be delighted when I, the cards I'd come out. I agree with you on that. I yeah. agree with you on that. Yeah. Phoenixborn, ooh, I don't know. I haven't played as much of it, and I'm less of a... Phoenixborn, in, in many ways, is a very straightforward dueling game. You know, mm-hmm. of that one. It's another form build. of Magic together. Exactly, yeah. It's in that style. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the cop out answer. I don't know with Phoenixborn. So, what's the what's well, the longevity 
at what point would you say, like, I guess what I'm saying is people are expect these games to go on 10, 20, 15, you know, yeah. 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. What's a reasonable expectation? From what we've seen, five is a shocking delight, two to three is average. Yeah. That's the honest truth. Yeah. So, you know, lacking Ash, other lacking other external things like exactly. companies Ash falling out of already IP. had five years. The the 1.0 version of Ash has had five years. Mm-hmm. I, I I may be I may be wrong, but if I, I seem to remember, I, I recall reading that it was that the final tournament for it was like in the, at the beginning of 2019. Okay. So okay. So even even assuming from, from our gauging there, that's not a game that's died off. That's a game that has at, at worst ran its course and then was revamped. Right. So. so it wasn't mm-hmm. quite complete when it ended because mm-hmm. they didn't have the seventh die type because that was planned from the beginning apparently. Mm-hmm. So now that we have all seven die types, once we get so you know the that the wave of phoenix born that support that die type because basically what they do the way that they've planned it is that we're going to do a die type and then we're going to release a deck that combines five of that new die and five of one of the older dice and have a phoenix born that you know works with that so that they're so that there's a that they're getting cards that were that's a complete card pool that way Mm -hmm. once you get to that that point where they've released all the Phoenix Born that are a combination of time die and some other type of die. Mm-hmm. That that point, the game is pretty much complete. No, yeah, it could be viewed as such. Yeah, there's a feel there's a feel of it being complete. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. So, you know, does so it- so a player just invested uh, three hundred dollars into Ashes. Like you just invested three hundred mm-hmm. plus dollars into yeah. Ashes, right? And you're assuming you'll continue to to continue to buy into the subscription model. Mm-hmm. At one point, will you feel as if you've gotten your money's worth out of the game? Two years down the line, three years down the line, uh, you know you're paying into this every every time, right? Right. Ass- assuming you're getting more, that that obviously assumes you're getting more enjoyment out of it than you're paying into it. Yeah, the, I mean, there, there's that. That's the balance there, and um, I don't really tend to look at it in those terms of you know, have I gotten value for my money? Well, I guess I guess it is a little bit with L five R, and I feel like I got robbed uh, because I, you know, I, I wanted that game to go on much longer than it did. Can I interject a comment here? You might sure. be asking this question of a collector. He he is. Yeah, which is a, a different a different viewpoint from a am, lot of people. I, I'm, the game. I, I, and I I'm a completionist. I guess, I guess yeah, the point I'm like trying that. to get to is it's yeah. it's I keep hearing people say. 10 years down the line, we're going to love this. No, like, don't even think about 10 years down the line. Well, For fuck's sake. Well, we're not even in year okay, two on let's, these let's games. Rewind, people, let's right? be frank here. People who are half our age are saying 10 years down the line. Because uh, okay. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. Because yeah. they lack that, they lack that perspective. Welcome, welcome to Old <laughs> well, Man Rage, your, the podcast. Half your age is still in high school. Half my age has graduated from high school and might have a couple. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Well, I'd say, and I was saying both, and both of those people lack our perspective. Yeah, true. <laughs> there guess, is the truth. I guess you know. that's where my frustration is coming from. Is like, folks, enjoy the time you have have with the games that you're playing today and if i think you get they another do. game yeah. they, they if you do. get another yeah. game to play yeah. don't don't like i started seeing conversations on on ash's discord and on ash's reddit about rotation three days after the upgrade kit came out 
They You're were talking like, about rotation for L5R the yeah. day the core set dropped. Yeah. yeah. And like, le- well, let's let's clarify that. The, why does that pop up? We all know why that pop up. It's anxiety for the future. It's knowledge of what's happened previously. As I said before, what's our body count? You know, and yeah. it's and it's 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 remembering that and anxiety for the future. Now you're quite right. The smart thing right now is to bluntly, guys, is to to, to keep hammering a point always time. It's a kitchen but, table but player. The thing is, get is, some get some stuff you like playing. Play it with a few people like playing it with. And if that extends out to whatever else you need from the game, great. But if it doesn't, enjoy the game right now. Yeah. Well, but the yeah, thing yeah. is, if you people are worried, I think that that conversation means that people are enjoying the game. Yes. No. They, exactly. Because yeah. The, yeah. that that having anxiety for the future about your game mm-hmm. means that you've got something special about, right now that yes, you care about exactly. that you're that you're enjoying playing. So I think them having that conversation answers that question for you. You know, fulfills that point for you. Tyler. That's a good one. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, isn't that isn't that coming from a place of we give a shit about the game, so we're thinking about its future? I mean, some people you're quite right. Some people being the old grognard and going, I'm not playing freaking Phoenix Born. He'll be dead in six months. You know, which is mm-hmm. not necessarily an unreasonable comment about any game whatsoever. Well, yeah, any but, but any yeah. troll coming online says, "Well, this game is going to end. This game is going to end. This game is." Yeah. Yes, you're right. They're, yeah. they're correct. Well done. They are correct. You will die. Wow, that's a yes. big. That's a amazing <laughs> prognostication. Is that all of us will die? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. so yeah. I guess that's uh, there, there's a bit of quixotic thinking here on my part. I think <laughs> because I'm like I <laughs> just enjoy the game now. You get one last comment, Doug. Go ahead. You got nothing? Doug's, Doug's sitting here looking at me. <sighs> one last comment. Um, you, I, I didn't answer your question about long, how long do I think the games are going to last. Fair comment. I was trying Fair to point. get around to that, but we kind of ranged around. Yeah, go for it. So I think Rivals has a few years. I hope Matt Holland stays with Renegade and keeps doing what he's doing with with the rivals because I think he's uh, he's got a good start. And if if they keep going with the, with what he's getting set up, I think that the game has some good longevity to it. I'm not sure about Ashes because of the less of a connection to the OP. Less of a connection to the OP. The fact that they are focusing on the existing niche community that existed during 1.0 mm-hmm. and less than trying to bring new people into the game. They're trying to bring old people back into the game. To get, it, to get it spun up again. Mm-hmm. They need to shift their focus to how do we get new blood? Yeah. No okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. That that could be, that's problematic. Okay. One more thing. I have said all that. I've been listening to him. No, I'm, I'm going to reiterate a point. I think the fact that we have these conversations about rotations and future of a game so, so early on is largely a fact of we've got something good right now we've got something we give a crap about and so we want those conversations to be around but not for them to dominate the, mm-hmm. the subject matter okay okay yep yep all right uh so that's really the main discussion hopefully hopefully uh, there was if a you're lot still in here there. if you're still here thank you very much um but something good i i have the nisei cards on the way uh cool so i ordered those those are coming um, so that's good. Uh, we only need one. You don't need to. You don't give us two. I brought you can Summoner Wars like. with me today too. Oh, cool! Hopefully, right. we can get a game of that. All right. So I had two somethings good. Good to give Carl a little extra time, time. to unbrain fry, which I think has not succeeded. This is a, a little convoluted, but something good was. Um, 
in the past month I had a conversation about going to um, visit my parents and family in the UK across this approaching Christmas. We decided against it. That sounds like something bad because of the current um, ebb and flow of the situation surrounding us. But that was the main reason we didn't do it. Like, situationally, it was all in place. It would have worked out fine. It was a good time to do it. And we are going to do that in the near future. But And up until the last year or two, I don't think that would have been a very reasonable call. Excellent. Excellent. Good to hear. That's awesome. Good to hear. Uh, My something good is... Um, honestly, having a couple of weeks, I, I, I don't know if I've, uh, if you're a new listener, you might not know, I'm a professor at Colorado State University, and um, I've had a hell of a summer uh, for various reasons, And but finally classes are over, we're in this weird like 10-day lull where basically I'm on vacation, and I don't feel I have to check email very often, uh, I don't have to there's nothing for me to really do other than check email, which is insane. Uh, I don't get a lot of those opportunities. And it's just due to various things. I've really enjoyed myself. I think I've managed to read four books in the last uh, eight days. So uh, I've just been reading, just reading and reading and reading. And it's awesome. really cool. So. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions for us, you can contact us at artofwarcast at gmail.com, via Twitter at artofwarcast, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps others find us. Thank you for listening.